Francis Xavier Nguyen Van Thuan was a Vietnamese bishop. And in 1975, as the Vietnam War was coming to an end, Pope St. Paul VI named him the coadjutor bishop of Saigon. So he had a right to succession as the next bishop of what is now Ho Chi Minh City. Before he could take his office, uh, Francis Xavier Nguyen Van Thuan was arrested and sent to a re-education camp in Vietnam. He spent the next 13 years of his life in a re-education camp, most of those in solitary confinement. He was subjected to physical and psychological torture. He was kept apart from most of the prisoners. He was treated with contempt and disregard by his jailers. They tried to force him to renounce his faith, to, um, to um, admit to things that he hadn't done. Really, he went through 13 years of sheer and unadulterated hell. And yet, when you read his writings about this, you would have thought he was at a Caribbean resort because he speaks with such hope and such love. In the midst of the torture, in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of and living among men who literally hated him and desired him dead, his response was mercy and love and hope and joy. His jailers, his torturers would come to him and he would teach them the songs that he had learned when he was in seminary, songs of praise to God. And while he was being taken away to be beaten, to be be mistreated, he was singing with the guards songs of praise to God. Every moment, every opportunity he had, he treated them as beloved because he realized something, that though they thought they were taking everything from him, what he had to offer in return, the richness of God's love was infinitely better and worth it in order to share with them. Everything he did, he did to give mercy and forgiveness and love. There's a great quote from one of his books that I'll read to you when he was talking with one of his jailers. One of them said to him, one of the guards, Do you really love us? Yes, I really love you, he said. Even when we cause you pain, when you suffer because you're in prison without trial. Look at all the years we've spent together. Of course I love you. And when you get out, will you tell your people to find us and beat us and hurt our families? I'll continue to love you even if you wish to kill me. But why? The guard said. Because Jesus taught us to love always. If we don't, we are no longer worthy to be called Christians. We are called in the reading today from the gospel to the highest form of love each and every one of us. Because the Lord desires for love, for mercy to reign in this world. And Jesus doesn't just hold us to that. He just doesn't say, for the measure with which you measure will return and be measured out to you. Good luck with that. Jesus goes to the cross and from the cross says, Father, forgive them. He teaches and then he embodies and lives that teaching. 
so that in every moment of our lives, brothers and sisters, as disciples of Jesus, we might, through the cross, through the gift of mercy of Jesus, be able to know that mercy and love and to share it with the world. It is and always has been easier to, re- to respond to hate with hate than to respond to hate with love. It's probably easier now maybe than it ever has been because how easy it is if we get maltreated by someone to hop on social media or to go to our phone or to communicate with somebody else how evil and wicked that other person is. And we need to be honest when we are maltreated. Truth will always need to be proclaimed. But the Lord calls us not just to be people who share how terrible the world is, but to fix it through mercy and love. No one would have counted it as a bad thing in this world, except for God himself, if Francis Xavier Wynne von Tuan would have been upset and angry and hateful in response to his uh, jailers. In fact, for me, probably, and for each and every one of us, perhaps, we would probably have responded that way. But God calls us to more. Saul is trying, out of sheer jealousy and rage, to murder David. And into David's hand, Saul is delivered. But he looks upon Saul and he says, there is no way I can harm the Lord's anointed. David himself is the anointed. He has been given that gift by God to recognize that in others. Brothers and sisters, the anointing we received in baptism and in confirmation has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have the power of God within us to forgive our enemies, to not hold the grudges that they hold against us against them, but to respond with mercy and with love and an invitation to conversion. This is what the world needs. This is what you were sent into the world to do in your little circle of influence, to respond with mercy and love and forgiveness, to be a source of healing and reconciliation in a world hell-bent on tearing itself apart. We have been called and sanctified and given the gifts of the Holy Spirit and given the gifts that come from the sacraments to stand against that seemingly impossible tide and to win. We're not just passive. What great courage and strength it took from Francis Xavier Wynne von Tuan, from King David, from each of us when we stand up and when we offer mercy and love. We think of Jesus on the cross as weak and ineffective. There is no one and nothing stronger than Christ saying, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. We too are called to share in that glory and in that power not through the worldly excesses and power that come from this world, but from the grace and peace and truth and mercy that come from God. And rest assured, what I am laying before you is the most difficult thing you will ever do in your entire life. It will not be easy when someone spits on you, when someone hates you, when someone treats you as if you are going out of your way to destroy your life, to destroy their life. It will be hard. But God has given us all that we need. And God is calling us to the greatness, to that power, through simple, humble acts of faith. Yes, we are called to great things, but that starts with simple faith. Francis Xavier Wynne von Tuan would celebrate the Mass 
every day. He risked his life so that he could be supported by the grace of God because he knew that there was no way he could respond to all of that without the grace that comes from the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus in the Eucharist. His fellow prisoners would keep adoration all night long after being tortured and beaten and forced into slave labor because they knew that they could not move forward without the grace that comes from the Eucharist. The great things that we are called to do start with humble acts of faith and love. And perhaps just as important as all of those other things, if we desire to share the mercy and the love and the forgiveness of God with the world, we need to start with that. It needs to start in my heart, in the confessional, in my relationships, in my family. And from there, brothers and sisters, the love of God will spread. The mercy of God will reign. It may not seem like you or I have the strength to be like David or to be like Francis Xavier Wynne von Tuan. You and I, and I certainly think I'm unworthy at, time, not, not at times, all the time. I know that I am unworthy. I know that I can't do it. But God has given us, through his beloved Son, through the church, through the sacraments, through the faith that we, thanks be to God, received in baptism, what we need to move forward, to be the hope, the forgiveness, and the love this world needs. 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, they may not remember our story, but the people in this world will know and will experience the love that we share because the love of God is infinite and eternal and we are called to share in it and to share it with reckless abandon with the world.